want to talk to you this morning about something you probably never expected me to talk about. I'm an introvert. And I've taken the Taylor Johnson and I come out to be kind of an extrovert, but I'm not. I know I'm not. Um, A number of years ago, I came to grips with the fact that I'm an introvert even though I function, right now I'm functioning as an extrovert. And I love the verse in Isaiah. It says this, In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. And this verse, basically what I have come to appreciate from this verse is, that I could be who God made me to be. Now, that doesn't excuse my sinfulness and my blind spots and all that. That's not what I'm excusing. But it says that if God wired me to be a certain way, I could be that way, and, and I don't have to be someone that I'm not. I can function as He made me. That God can work in me and through me in the way He made me. The, in fact, the worst thing that I could do is try to be who I'm not. So here's the thing. It's a big step to go from it's okay to be me to it's essential for me to be who I am. So what I want to do this morning is I want to talk a little bit about, because I read a a couple of interesting books. One of the books was uh, called uh, Quiet, and I'm going to read a quote from that book. But anywhere from one-third to one-half of the general population of the uh, United States are introverts. One-third to one-half. Okay? So what are the general differences? So what I want you to do, and you may already know that, you've taken the tests and all that, but let me just walk you down through the basic um, defining things. And it's, again, we're on a continuum. We understand that, that there are introverts, there are extroverts, and there is everyone in between, you know? So you may be a mild introvert or a mild extrovert. But here's... Here's a couple of things. Think about this on your own. How do, you, how do you find and lose emotional energy? Do you uh, find energy by being alone in solitude? Or do you find energy by socializing? Do you, do you enjoy being in groups of people? Do you enjoy being in groups of new people? When you were invited here today, was this something we go, oh, cool? Or did you say, uh Someone else that I know going or what? what? How does that play out? I was interesting. I, had a, I was talking to two ladies that came last night, and one of them said, well, I, didn't, I was invited to come by her, and I didn't, didn't know if I was going to come. And um, I just thought I'd sit, sit at home and read a book. But she said, let's go. And I said, so you're the extrovert. No, I'm an introvert too. But it's like they want to have friends to be with each other. So that was just... Uh, or... Uh, so do you, where do you get your emotional energy? Do you get it by being with people? I have a friend who's a lawyer in Chicago, and I mean, he goes to a room, and if there's a whole bunch of people there and he doesn't know them, it's, he just gets totally jacked up. I mean, he's just like, this is like, it's like a, it's like a, a cop in a donut shop. <laughs> Any police officers here this morning? <laughs> Sorry, Dan. And And, you know, I see a more at hy than in donut shops. But, 
But here's my point. Um, he gets all, and I'm just like the opposite. It's like, oh man, don't leave me because I don't know anybody here. And I'm not really interested in making a whole bunch of new friends right now. Uh, so that's one. Number two, how do you relate to people? Um, are you the kind of person that, you know, you could, you could see a tree and begin a conversation with a tree. I mean, you could talk for hours to anybody about just about anything. I mean, you just love conversation. You don't care about what you talk about, but you just, you do that. Uh, or maybe you're the person that goes, man, I just struggle and, and I, I, I just, I, I, want, I don't want to meet a whole bunch of people. If there's one person, I'd like to meet that person and maybe get to know them a little bit. You know, I don't want to meet a whole bunch of people and, you know, do a lot of small talk. I want to go deeper than that. Or how do you basically function? Do you function, are you a person of action? In other words, uh, you're the kind of person that when somebody says, hey, we're going to work on this project today and we're going to be doing this and this and this, but you're already thinking, Okay, I'll get this guy, this guy, this guy, and we'll go. And you're not even listening to what's being said. Or are you the person that listens very carefully, considers the best course of action, and then decides how you're going to do it? And so those are two different approaches. Uh, do you prefer to act on ideas, to do things, and to be with people, or do you prefer to reflect and contemplate, to take time and to think on these things? How do you process ideas? Um, Many time extroverts will talk while they're thinking. In other words, they love to process with people. You ever have, you know, a boss that talks out loud or processes things out loud and you think, well, he decided to do that. And you go back and say, I thought we were doing this. No, I was just talking about it. I wasn't deciding. Or are you the kind of person that processes things quietly and you don't, you, 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 you take in input, but you're processing it quietly and privately? Uh, those are differences. Um, really, it comes down to this. How do, you, how do you respond to stimulation? Extroverts love stimulation. They love having background noise. They love having activity. They love having um, uh, just people around them. My father-in-law is an extrovert. And he was at a church which is very interesting. And his door was, as people came in, his door was right there when people came in. So when people came in, it was like he got up and he would have a conversation. He'd walk them around, an hour would go by, right? Well, the guy that followed him was an introvert. And so he liked keeping his door shut. And when people came in, they expected the tour. He didn't want to give the tour. And that was a problem. He was not there very long. He was seen as cold. He was seen as not friendly. I mean, that was a big problem. So maybe he wasn't a good fit for the church. Following an extrovert was a tough thing for an introvert. But that was just a difference. It doesn't mean if one is right or wrong. It's just different. Um, introverts generally prefer, prefer, prefer quieter environments, less stimulation. Now, I want to just talk about, so you have to think about, what am, I, am I more of an introvert or am I more of an extrovert, okay? Now, and we'll apply this to the church in a minute. Other thoughts that I want you to think about is probably the most damaging and misunderstanding about introverts is that they're antisocial. Uh, and extroverts are pro-social. But... All that we can really say is that they 
introverts and extroverts, they interact socially differently. That's it. It's just different. It's not, and, and some people say, well, introverts are shy. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Shyness and introversion is not necessarily the same thing. There's a continuum of how we respond. By the way, you may be an extrovert, and you're not that person that loves playing the room and you have high energy. You know, there are some extroverts that will go to a room, and when they walk out, they'll have met 50 new people. There are other extroverts that have met 10. And so there's a capacity there of, you know, really going and really having that energy. And then, you know, there's, there's so it's not just how, being an extrovert. It's how much of an extrovert, how much energy you have, how much capacity do you have for that. Um, so your degree of extrovertism, if that's a word, and, uh, and a capacity will influence how many friends you have but it won't influence how good of a friend you are. Those are two different things. You may be known and know a lot of people, but maybe you're not known by or know people on a deeper level. And, and that's one of the, the, the dangers of being an extrovert, that you can uh, have a lot of connections with people, but you don't really know anyone, and no one really knows you. Everybody thinks that they're... That, you know, you know extroverts, and you think, well, everybody, everybody, he must have a lot of close friends. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe he has a lot of acquaintances, but not a lot of close friends. Introverts can oftentimes function, and this is where, kind of where I and maybe you do this, we can function in an extroverted environment. And, and that's something that took me a while to figure out, that sometimes introverts can function as extroverts and 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 really it there's a new theory and it's called free trait theory and it says basically that we are born with a certain cultural mix a certain uh introversion or extroversion but we can move our character trait from one to the other if we do it for important events for people that we love uh, for things that we value highly. In other words, we will do it if there's something that's really significant to do it for. For instance, you could throw, if you're an introvert, you could throw a party for a friend that you really love. You can, um, if you're an extroverted scientist, you can be re- very reserved in, at work in the laboratory because it's important that you're reserved and uh, you know, for the job, or if you're a, an, uh, if you're a, a, a cranky old man who uh, basically doesn't get along with a whole lot of people, you know, part of the personality is you can be kind and gentle and loving to your granddaughter as you take her for ice cream. See, so there, it, it kind of explains how one person could be one way in one environment and another way in another environment. It really comes down to uh, understanding there's a value or a a love or something important that you're willing to, and this is a phrase I use, push the button, that you can push the button and do something that you normally wouldn't do naturally. Now, you can't push the button all the time. It's like nitro in a car, you know. It's like you can push it, but you can't keep pushing the button. You've got to 
let it recharge, at least in games you do. I don't know about real nitro and real cars because I don't have nitro, but it would be cool. (laughs) So, one is not better than the other. We need both extroverts and introverts for maximum creativity and leadership. Now, one of the things that I struggled with was I read books after book after book that basically said, unless you're an extrovert, you're not a leader, which is hogwash. There are a lot of introverted leaders. They just lead differently. And so leaders, there are models of leadership within the church that require, this is uh, true, they require a leader to be social and expressive, eager to participate in wide, a wide variety of activities, have an overt enthusiasm, and share their faith with strangers easily. So the church has got this idea of what a leader looks like. They're very outward. They're very peop- they, they make connections very quickly. They may be a type A personality. That's one type of leader. And, and, and it's true. But what if the person is quieter? What if the, uh, they're a little more solitary, thoughtful, and reflective? Would they be overlooked to serve on a leadership team? Would they be invisible to others if you're not looking or listening for them? For example, on the elder board, we have extroverts and introverts. And it's made the board better because we're more thoughtful about decisions we make. So it's really important that as you put a team together, you say, well, listen, we can find one type of a person, extroverts, and a certain type of an extrovert, or we could say there are a lot of introverts that will help us make better decisions and be better leaders. So what I'm saying is that we've got to be really careful that we don't exclude uh, one-third to one-half of the population of the church who have leadership capacity and can help us to be better leaders. So think about, I was thinking about this. Think about the Bible. Think about some, and maybe we could just show, you can just give me a, a name. Give me some names of some, what do I have next? Is it, don't show the slide, but is it introverts or extroverts? All right. So give me um, some ideas of people in the Bible that you perceive as being introverts. Moses? Yeah, Moses basically is in an argument with God saying, don't send me there, send somebody with me. What's he saying? I don't want to go there. He was a shepherd for 40 years, and I didn't hear him complaining. There's no reference in there he's complaining about being a shepherd. He didn't mind that, okay? God says, now you're going to shepherd my people. He was one of the greatest leaders ever in the Bible, right? Another one. Timothy, yeah, Paul basically says to Timothy, you know, I've chosen you to be a leader. And uh, sometimes Timothy's picked upon. It's like the best thing we could say about Timothy is, well, he was a weak leader. Well, no, he was just an introvert, I think. What else? Gideon? Is that what you said? Okay. Why, Tom? Yeah. Well, he couldn't make a decision. He had a hard time making decisions, didn't he? Yeah. That's true from another number of biblical characters. No, another one. 
Any others? I think Mary, the mother of Jesus, was a, a sort of introvert. Remember when she was told about this? She treasured all these things in her heart. I mean, the most extroverted thing she did, and by the way, she did it privately. She pulled her son aside and says, hey, they're running out of wine here, you know. And, you know, and it's interesting when, when uh, Jesus is teaching one day, he says, your mother and your brothers are here, you know. It's, it's like, it's, it's just, she's not pronounced, you know. She, you see, the other Marys are more, like, out there than this Mary. So you could flash that up there. A lot of the ones you had uh, are extroverts. Or introverts, so Jacob, Moses, Mary, and Timothy. So those are the ones you came up with. How about how about extroverts? Peter, he, he's such an extrovert. <laughs> Peter is just like, boom, you know, let's kill him, you know, let's take it, let's do it, you know. I mean, he's totally, he's a great example. Who else? David, I think, probably was. Yeah, I mean, he's on the battlefield. I think Daniel was an extrovert. How do you live in a Babylonian dark culture and basically said, I'm not eating the food? Now, he was tactical about how he did it. But listen, he wasn't going to back down. I mean, he, wasn't, <laughs> he was pretty much out there. So my point is this. These are great people in the Scripture that we're talking about. And they were introvert and extroverts. And God used them to do his will. So I don't think God's changed his plan, and I don't think that he's changed it for the church. So let's just say that what, here's what I'm trying to say. I'm saying that it may be, not on purpose, but by default, sometimes we as a church are making it difficult for introverts to feel like they can contribute and be part of what we're doing. Let me give you a couple of examples. Have you ever gone to a church where the pa- and you're visiting and the pastor says, will all the guests please stand up so we can put a tag on you, a bullseye, so we can... And, the, and, and I don't know, because I don't know how an extrovert feels about that. Maybe they can... Finally, I'm being recognized. This is great, you know. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, my wife hates it when we go to churches and the pastor... And we, you know, we've sometimes gone to a small church on vacation, and there's only 30 or 40 people there, and it's Sunday night, and they know we're visitors. And the pastor says, are there any visitors here? And Carol looks at me, and I'm not going to stand. <laughs> and finally, I do for her. But, you know, cause she feel, but here's the point where we're kind of forced to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want a bullseye. I don't want a whole bunch of people coming up and talking to me. That's just who I am. And that's not, you know, listen, that's just who I am. I, um, how about this? When we're in a worship service and the worship leader basically says, okay, let's raise our hands, let's clap our hands, let's do something, you know, and, and so now you're being told what you have to do by a worship leader. And basically, if you don't do it, then you're not worshiping right. You know, have you, ever, have you ever been in a situation where you felt, and I'm just like, maybe it's just me, but I don't like when people tell me what I need to do to worship. And I just find that, I just don't like that. So maybe it's not being an introvert or extrovert. I'm just being a jerk. I don't know. But, um, or how about when you basically, as an introvert, decide you're going to take the plunge and you're going to go and be part of a small group. And so you get to a small group, and out of the blue, 
leader basically says at the end, to you, would you close in prayer? <laughs> and you go, no, you got to be kidding me, really? Uh, I remember, I think I've told some of you have heard this, when I was a t- early, it was my first job, and I was in my early 20s, and it was, I was just like at a smaller church, and I really didn't fit in that well. I mean, it was, there were older people, there were middle-aged people, there were younger people, and then the college and career was me. So there I was on a Wednesday night at a prayer meeting, and this boy had only prayed, the longest prayer he had ever prayed was the Our Father. And I sat down, went to it, and they had a Bible study, and I said, that's good. I just sit here and take my notes and learn, and that's what I wanted. Now we're going to go pray, okay? I don't know what that is, but I'll... So we sat down, and I remember I sat down with two guys. They seemed very old to me. Now I think they were 30. <laughs> the first guy, I am not kidding, prayed for 15 minutes. The longest I ever prayed in my life was 30 seconds, maybe. Well, no, when I went to confession and I strung them all together, I prayed longer. But my point is, I had never prayed that long in my life. The second guy goes at least 10, 15 minutes. So it's up to me to pray. I've never prayed out loud before. I've never prayed before. And it was like, I prayed for this. I prayed. For, I don't know what I prayed. I, I think these guys probably in the middle of their prayer, I was praying, God, help me to pray. <laughs> but I'm sure these guys were looking at each other going, what in the world? What's going on? What's? I did not know how to pray. And, and you know, I, I, the, the, they were great. And, they, you know, we grew. But the point is, that's very uncomfortable for an, ex, for an introvert to, to be brought into a situation like that. Now, there's two things I want to just kind of uh, close with. And I think they're important because introverts have weak spots or blind spots that we need to talk about. But I want to read a, a, a quote from Susan Cain. She wrote that book, uh, Quiet. I love the title, Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. <laughs> That's so true. It's a secular book. It's on the New York Times bestseller list. Carol and I have just gotten done reading it. And it's great. She says this, Evangelicalism has taken the extrovert ideal to its logical extreme. If you don't love Jesus out loud, then it must not be real love. It's not enough to forge your own spiritual connection to the divine. It must be displayed publicly. And in one of the chapters, she describes going to Saddleback Church with another pastor, with a pastor, and describing what it was like for an introvert to go to this. Now, they weren't critical of it, but they just said it was, here's where we struggled. And it was real interesting. She also went to a Tony Robbins seminar, which was real interesting. Uh, But that's a whole other thing. But here's the point, what I want you to take from that quote. I think that we're in danger of defining the church and the gospel so that a large population will never really truly understand the essence of the gospel. Are people hearing that Christian, a Christian has to be outgoing, bubbly personality, that they have to be with people and they have to express their way in public ways? Is that what people are hearing? Is that what they're equating the gospel to be? That you have to be an extrovert, that you have to express your faith openly all the time, that when you sit down in an airplane, that's a chance for you to make a conversation, and if you don't, there's something wrong with you. You know, and again, I know I'm taking the extrovert to an extreme, and I'm, I'm not trying to pound on being an extrovert. I'm just saying that has Christianity 
has the gospel become that to some people? Another book that was uh, I want to read the quote from, because he kind of wrestles with this too, and it, it's by Adam McHugh, and he says, it's called Introverts in the Church, Finding Our Place in an Extrovert Culture. And he says this, introverted seekers need to need introverted evangelists. It's not the extroverts, uh, it's not that extroverts can't communicate the gospel either verbally or non-verbally in ways that introverts find appealing. It's that introverted seekers need to know and see that it's possible to lead the Christian life as themselves. It's imperative for them to understand that being a Christian is not tantamount with becoming an extrovert. And he says a similar thing. Basically what he's saying is they have to see that you can be an introvert and still be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. So all I'm saying in all of this stuff is that understand that God wants, he's made his church up of introverts and extroverts and everyone in between. So three, three words for you who happen, you may be an introvert here today. Number one, be yourself. Embrace how God wired you. Don't stress that you may not fit the popular Christian model that may be out there. Uh, don't try to live up to a model that you're not. You are needed within this church. You're needed within the church. Um, secondly, push yourself. And this is where I want to get into a, a couple of the blind spots. Sharing your faith. Now, you say, but I'm an introvert, so I'm not very, uh, I have a hard time starting conversations. I'm not very good at sharing my faith. But that doesn't relieve you from the responsibility that you are called to share your faith. So you can't say, because I'm an introvert, that gets me, and that require, doesn't require me to share my faith. You need to pray and say, God, give me a boldness, give me an opportunity uh, to share my faith, and help me, when I get those opportunities, to have a conversation to turn it to Jesus. That doesn't get you off the hook, okay? We can't just rely upon extroverts to do evangelism. Everybody is called to do that. Uh, but this also doesn't mean that you have to strike up a conversation about the gospel with everyone you run into. Okay? That's not necessary. The second thing, and the second weakness, is that many times as an introvert, you, you, you are processing things within a, a vacuum. That you don't have a lot of people to throw your ideas to and to say, what do you think? I'm thinking of doing this, I'm thinking of doing that. Because you have a small sphere of influence. It may be a deeper sphere of influence, but it's maybe smaller. And it may be with other introverts, which isn't wrong. Well, all I'm saying is that when you decide that you're going to take a step or you're going to do something, ask other people, get other people to give their ideas to, you know, and when you come up with an idea, say, this is my first draft. Because sometimes as an introvert, you say, well, this is the best thing that's ever been invented. We may, may need to air that out with a few people, and they say, no, that's really a stupid idea, and if you do it, you're really going to look stupid. Don't do that. You know, because you need to have other people speaking into your life. So, that, you know, you need to allow wiggle room so you don't, look, uh, you don't get locked into making bad decisions. Here's the third thing. Refresh yourself. This is the thing that I really learned for myself is that I can push the button and I can be an extrovert, but I've got to have those times of refreshing. If I don't have those times of refreshing, my life comes apart. I need those times where I just get away and I refresh. And that's different for everyone. So the, the, the part that I have had to work with is not feeling guilty about it. I, I just realize that if I'm not 
sharpening the axe, then I'm not going to be able to fell the tree. And so what I found sometimes when things start not going well in my life, when the axe gets dull, I find that I'm taking more shots at the tree and nothing's happening. And I realize, no, I got to stop. I got to sharpen the axe. I got to refresh. I got to be with God. I got to get recharged. When I do that, perspective comes in and the blows to the tree get much more effective. So figure out what it means for you to do that. So the last thing I want to do is for you at your table to take a time to think about a real-world situation. And here's the situation. Maybe you want to at the table, but don't take a lot of time. If you're comfortable, uh, notice how I said, if you're comfortable at your table, that means you don't have to, everybody, you don't have to go around in a circle so that, okay, I have to say something, you know, right? We do that, right? Um, maybe you share with the table if you're an introvert or extrovert and how you came, when you came to understand that. And then here's the test case. Uh, just for the rest of the time that we're for this session, uh, you're, an, you're an active extrovert adult who loves to participate in sports. Okay, that's who you are. So if you're an introvert, you have to play that role. You have a quiet, introverted child who enjoys reading, being alone, and doesn't necessarily enjoy sports at all. You as a parent want them to develop socially, but you're also aware that if you push them too hard, it might be detrimental. So the three questions are, do you encourage your child to join a team? And if so, how do you do that? What are the benefits and the pitfalls of pushing them to join? And then the third one is, how do you determine what part of your personality is driving this push? And what I mean by that is, some people who, and especially if you have two parents that are extroverts and just kind of out there, and you have a quiet child, they go, okay, what's wrong with this kid? Well, there may be nothing wrong with this kid. But you're going to have to understand what it means to be an introvert in your family if you're going to really help them because you're going to bring them a whole lot of pain if you just keep pushing them out into extroverted uh, situations. They're going to go crazy. So that's your assignment for just a little bit. There's food over here. Feel free to get up, get some food, start the discussion. Hopefully what we've talked about will help you to think about how am I ministering? Are there introverts on my team? Are there introverts in my small group? How can I reach out and help them to feel included and to bring a, a richness to our team because we may be at different poles, but when we come together, we have a, a greater richness. I just want to lead us in just a word of prayer, and then you can start a discussion at your table. Father, thank you for the way you wire us. We're all different, but when we're brought together, there's a dynamic that uh, just can't be explained. Uh, we make better decisions. We make better teams. We make, uh, we make better leaders. Uh, Help us to rejoice in how you wired us. Help us to be sensitive to people who are maybe wired very differently than we are. Maybe people within our own family. And as we talk about this test case, Father, help us to think about how are we thinking about those who maybe are on the other sphere, the other uh, part of the uh, continuum. And, and are we uh, being helpful or a hindrance to them? So guide our time, Father. Thank you for this, uh, this opportunity to look into this uh, important part of our uh, personality. And we just give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.